Hi there. My name is Amanda Hess, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to the How to Love Yourself No Matter What podcast, where you are going to learn how to start loving yourself, trusting yourself, and believing in yourself for good. If you want to fast track your self-love skills, be sure to follow the link in the show notes to register for my three-day masterclass. Okay. Welcome. How are you? Welcome to my workshop, Self-Doubt is a Motherfucker. And For some of you, that might be a little shocking to hear me say those words. If you know me, this isn't particularly shocking. But if you don't, you might not know that F-bombs are a part of my vocabulary. But whether it is or whether it isn't for you, um, I really use that word to be shocking. And to be clear, it was important to me that I shock you because I think that what doubt does to us as human beings is actually kind of shocking. And I don't think that it gets enough attention. And we need to really notice how self-doubt affects our lives and how it really does kill our dreams. It really does ruin our life. And it's just something that I have experienced for myself. And it's something that I've really changed. And I've also helped my clients change that for themselves. And I see it show up again and again and again. And that's why I felt very compelled to teach a class on how to eliminate self-doubt. So that is literally why we're here today. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Angela Hess, and I am a certified life coach. So none of that probably means that much to you, which is totally fine. But what I want to let you know is that I'm particularly trained and certified in helping people get over their mental blocks, helping them live the life they want to have, helping them create the experience in their life that they want to have. And I want you to know that when it comes to self-doubt, it's something near and dear to my heart. I have experienced self-doubt myself um, for over half my life, over half, over 20 years, actually, like maybe longer. And it's something that I remember sort of waking up every day, feeling like my life was a little bit like Groundhog Day. Like ultimately, I'd get out of bed, it was the same day over and over, it seemed that other people had, you know, like purpose and a life they wanted to create and things they wanted to do. And somehow I just missed the boat, like I didn't really know what I was doing. And it just felt like the same day repeated itself. And that ultimately I could care less if I even got out of bed anymore because it was exhausting. And I was exhausted. And honestly, I just looked at everything that was going on in my marriage, in my parenting, in all of it, and just felt like it was pointless. And what I was able to do is change that for myself. And what I want to be able to do is change that for you. That is really the point of this workshop is to, first of all, recognize where doubt comes from, why it shows up, why it keeps showing up, even though you know it's bad, and then have real actual tools, tools that you can use that you can actually go and change your life, okay? Um, The thing about self-doubt is that a lot of us know we're waking up day after day and we know that self-doubt is keeping us stuck. Like we recognize that if we could just go out and do the things that we said we were gonna do, that we would experience more success in our life and that we would have the relationships that we want and we would have the career that we want, but we don't do them. 
And the whole reason why is because we doubt ourselves. We worry about it, right? And we really have this whisper going, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. You probably can't do it. You're probably not good enough. You weren't good enough before. What makes you think that you can do it this time? And as that continues on repeat in our head, we decide not to do the things that we had originally thought we might want to do. And the real issue with that isn't the not completing the, you know, different things that we wanted to accomplish and not by trying to do new things and challenging ourselves. But instead, it's the fact that we make the same decisions that we've always made. And therefore, we get the results that we've always gotten. Right? Makes sense. So let's talk about... Now, are you familiar with the movie Gremlins? I hope that you are. But if you're not, I'm going to give you a little Cole's Notes version because I like to look at self-doubt in the container of this movie. It's a great analogy. Okay, so in the movie, there is this cute little fuzzy bear-looking character, and it's a mogwai. And uh, the dad had gone to this Chinese shop to get this mogwai, and ultimately... He was told when he got it to not get it wet and not to feed it after midnight. However, he wasn't told why. He wasn't told why he shouldn't do that, which I think is so interesting. And also what I think makes it such a great analogy to self-doubt, because I think that a lot of times what happens is we don't know why we shouldn't be going down the path we're going down. We just know that it's really, really bad. Okay. So the Mogwai, we don't want to get it wet, but what we do when it comes to thinking about it as self-doubt is we experience self-doubt like self-doubt arrives like a gift right we have that initial whisper of i don't know if i can do this and then what happens is we buy it and when we buy it that is when we put water on the market okay you guys following me so far so when a mogwai gets wet it multiplies that's what happens to the Mogwai in the Gremlins movie, okay? And it's, it seems fine. They don't seem that bad. They're all kind of cute. There's just a lot of them. And sort of the same thing with doubt, right? You buy the doubt. And what's interesting about buying the doubt is then you buy more doubt. Like more arrives. The more that you buy it, the more it shows up for you. So you just start having all this additional doubt popping up in other areas of your life. Because think about I'm not good enough, right? I'm not good enough, doesn't just show up in your work. It doesn't just show up in your body image. It doesn't just show up in your relationship. It shows up all over the place. So this is where in the movie things get really bad because then they feed them after midnight. So feeding your doubt after midnight looks like you feeding those thoughts, feeding those thoughts of of doubting yourself, right? So you feed the doubt. You know what, you're probably right, I really am not enough. Look at what happened last time. You know, I couldn't do it before, so clearly I can't do it now. I really can't handle this. I can't handle this, I can't do it, right? And as we do that, we feed it, and then they become the gremlins, right? And the gremlins, if you haven't seen the movie, are these scary, well, they were really scary when I was a kid, but not so much now. But anyways, the whole idea is they're these scary, awful, 
creatures that create total chaos and total havoc. And that's what feeding your doubt does. It creates total chaos. It creates complete destruction in your life. Okay? So it's important to figure out where self-doubt starts. A lot of times what happens is we want to gloss over that part. And a lot of times what my clients come to me and say, and women come to me and say, is that they would really like to just change it today, yesterday, actually. But the problem with that is, first of all, listen, I don't know how old you are, but I guarantee you have 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of this shit living in your brain. So we're not going to just be able to feed you a positive mantra and you're going to be on your way and off you go and you feel awesome. Okay. just doesn't work that way. So we need to get to the source. We need to figure out where is it actually starting? And where it really starts is, you know, in childhood. In childhood, we're taught that there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do pretty much everything, right? And I want you to even think about your own life. Of course, you have right ways and wrong ways. You have definite ideas about the right ways to do things and the wrong ways to do things. So, you know, you probably have a right way to load your dishwasher and a wrong way. And you probably, if you're like me, and I don't know if you are, you might have a right way to fold a towel and a wrong way. The right way is my way. (laughs) Right? But just think about when you're a kid and you have teachers and parents and all of these other people teaching you the right and wrong way. Okay? So then you go to school. Right? And right from like preschool, really. And all the way up past university. You get graded. You get graded on how you are doing. And so you get an A, you get a B, you get a C. And what we end up really striving for, of course, is to get the A, right? We all want to get the A. But what I want to offer you is that if we think anything below an A is a failure, like if we're not doing it 100%, we're doing it wrong. And I would even offer you that it's very rare that you got an actual F in almost anything. I know that I never did. I don't think I ever got an F. I mean, I got a D, I got a D minus once. Maybe I got some Fs. But for the most part, we're trying to get to this A. And what I want to show you is how damaging this can be from the standpoint of, rather than thinking, hey, I got a C, That's awesome. That's feedback. That's something that I can use to help, you know, build the skills to get to the A. Instead, we take that on as I'm a failure, right? And even in school, it kind of goes that way. Like I have a 13-year-old son right now, and I really see that showing up for him in school. You know, the only acceptable grade is an A. And a C is the end of the world instead of a C is like an opportunity to change how you show up. So what I want you to see, though, is that ultimately, when we're not getting the A, we're beating the shit out of ourselves. And other people are, too. So we're really taught that the answer is perfection, right? This is where perfectionism is born. And if we're not perfect, there's something wrong. So then we need to doubt ourselves versus... 
recognizing that it's just an opportunity for feedback. And also we get to determine whether or not we like this grading system at all. So we really do learn that failure is bad. And so therefore we need to be able to be perfect to be good enough. And if we're not perfect, we're not good enough. And the problem with that is as we continue down our adult life, as we continue having relationships with other people, as we continue trying to create a career and create money and do all of these different things in our life, when we don't hit the mark, that's a failure and failure is bad. So then even think about university. Like, do you remember the kids that you went to high school and university with and they would show up um, either with that perfectionist mindset, like I need an A, I need an A, I need an A. It's apparently a tongue twister or they just wouldn't show up at all. They'd be like, screw it, I can't get the A anyways. I might as well just not even try. If we really notice how that is, right? So I wanna show you how this becomes a problem. So a lot of times in life, we are the square peg trying to fit in the round hole. I'm certain that you have felt that way. I know that I've felt that way many, many times in my life. And because we have this idea of perfection, we think that we need to be able to fit in this round hole. And if we don't, there's something wrong, right? There's something wrong with us. There's something inherently not working. And so what we end up doing, rather than going out and trying to find a square hole, we start shaving ourselves down. And this is how it shows up. So you are a unique person. You're a unique person that has unique skills right? And unique beauty. Even think about beauty and how it shows up in the world and what you consider beautiful versus what I consider beautiful versus what somebody in Japan considers beautiful versus what somebody in Australia considers beautiful. There's a lot of different opinions there, right? And even when it comes to being smart, there's book smart, there's street smart, there's I don't know, tech smart, which definitely isn't me. <laughs> so we have all these different ways that we can show up as smart. And if we decide, like, let me put it to you this way. Let's say I'm super, super tech smart. Let's say that that's who I am. And then I go to a place where emotional IQ is the way that we gauge people's success. I can try to make myself more emotionally IQ-like, right? I can shave off my sharp edges where I just want things done the right way. And, you know, ultimately there's like a logical sequence where things need to be done. I can shave myself down and try to be, you know, kind and nice. But the reality is, is that really I take away what's awesome about me, which is I'm a really great problem solver. I can really go in there and I can just like figure this out for you, right? We just try to pull it all in so that we fit in the hole. And honestly, the problem with that is that we start taking little tiny pieces of ourselves away, trying to fit in that round hole, right? Trying to make ourselves different so that we fit in. And it really does make sense because our primitive brain is really wired for survival. So ultimately, when you think about how we used to live, however long ago, we needed to be surrounded by people that
that were keeping us safe, right? We were pack animals. We needed to be safe. We needed other people around us. We needed to fit in at all costs. But what I want to offer you is that we are not living in the wild. We are not in a primitive environment. And what we do have is we have this amazing prefrontal cortex that we can actually use moving forward and that we don't need to fit in at all costs. That's actually not required. And the reality is we can survive and thrive not doing that to ourselves, not trying to shave ourselves down, take away all of our edges. So here's what I want to offer you. We've got square peg you, okay? She's the believer, all right? She's the one that got, has got some big ass dreams. She's the one that like wants all the things, right? And then you've got round peg you. Round peg you is trying to fit in, right? So round peg you, she's the doubter. She's like, what if you fail? She's like, what if you fuck up? So you've got the two different yous, right? And you've got to decide which one you want to bring to the party. Which one do you want to have show up for you every single day? This one will keep you trying to fit in. She's, she's toxic. She's, she's running your life. Okay? And the other thing that I'll say about this particular version of you is she's a bully. Right. And a lot of times what I find people doing and what I see women trying to do or what I hear from self-help books and from other coaches is we need to shut her up. We need to we need to shut her down. And what I want to offer you is we don't need to shut her down. That is not what we need to do here. OK, what we need to do is we need to prop her up. We need edgy awesome, different you to start showing up to the party and recognize that there are lots of people in this world. Like how many billions of people live on earth? There's square holes for you. You don't need to be rounding that all out because that's what's making you tired and upset and stuck. Okay, killing her off isn't the way. So I want to talk a little bit about the solution because I think that it's important, okay? You can't fix a bully by bullying the bully. I think we all know that's true, right? Like if you think in the realm of like people that you know, you can't fix the bully by bullying them back. I mean, you might be able to, but not really. That really doesn't work. We're not here yet. <laughs> You need to love yourself through this, okay? The way that you fix a bully is by loving the bully. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Why do you feel the need to lash out? Right? What's going on with you at home? This isn't an 80s movie, okay? This is your life. You gotta love the bully through it. I'm gonna give you an analogy. This came from my coach, Danielle Savory, and uh, I highly recommend following her. She's amazing. 
She does all things pleasure and sex and all of that. And uh, she was teaching us about how you can look at it like being at a barbecue. Okay, so I want you to envision that you live in a small town and at the small town or in this small town, you go to barbecues and when you go to the barbecue, everybody always comes. Okay, everybody always comes to the barbecue. So you know, here you are, square peg you. You know that round peg, she's coming. Okay, she's coming to the barbecue because she lives in the town, right? But just because she comes to the barbecue doesn't mean that you don't, that you have to hang out with her. But it also doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge her. So when doubt comes to the party, you can be like, hey, yep, I was expecting you. Knew you were going to be here. And then you go hang out with your other friends, right? You go hang out with fun you. You go hang out with supportive and warm and loving you. Because these girls, they're giving you the life that you want. And this girl isn't. So you just expect her to be there. You say hello and you move on. But you don't kill her because you're not a psycho. <laughs> okay? But really, just consider that that is happening. Okay? You don't need to kill her. It's not needed. Okay. So I want to talk about the five steps that I have to create a dream life and the five steps that I have to, you know, eliminate self-doubt, even though I just talked about not killing her. Okay. But that just like eliminating her out of your brain. So you don't have to think about her anymore. Okay. So number one, step number one is embracing and accepting your uniqueness. And here's what I mean. I mean all of you. I mean angry you. I mean cries at the wrong time you. I mean freaks the hell out and loses her shit on her kids you. All of you. Really and truly accepting you and what makes you tick and what you like and what you don't like and where you're limited and where you're growing and you know how you look right? How you look, all of you, including your scars, including your back fat, including all of the things, really embracing and accepting who you are so you can show up as authentic, phenomenal you. That's going to give you so much energy. It's going to be amazing. Step number two, release perfection. Okay. Recovering perfectionist over here. Okay. We talked about how that shows up. We talked about where that comes from. And so I don't want you to, you know, beat yourself up over being a perfectionist. That's not what we're talking about here. It's just noticing when you want things to be perfect and considering whether or not you need it to be perfect, especially yourself especially the people in your life. Do they need to be perfect? Do you need to be perfect? Got to start doing the work of letting that go. Dropping that completely. You know, one of the things a coach said to me that I think is so great is she would ask me, does that make you feel lighter or heavier? 
And I would say, you know, oh my God, it makes me feel so much heavier. And she'd be like, well, drop it. Just don't think it anymore. It's within your, it's within your capabilities. Step number three is try new things. I know that seems pretty simple. And I know that it's going to be pretty hard. We need to try to do new things in a new way. It's the only way. It's the only way we create change. It's the only way we create the life that we want. So what I want to offer you as a part of that is try new things using the future version of you. Don't try new things from the standpoint of, I've never been able to do that before, or I don't identify myself as the kind of person that would do that. I want you to think in terms of three years from now, I'll give you an example, okay? I want to go mountain biking with my son, and we live in a mountain biking community, we just moved here, and I've never done mountain biking a day in my life. And if I looked past me, I would be very unwilling to do all of the things that are required to make that happen because I would be afraid. I'd be afraid of falling. I'd be afraid that I couldn't do it. I'd be afraid that I was out of shape, right? But instead, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, I'm going to be able to do all these amazing things with my son, so I'm going to keep trying because I know that I can get there. Does that make sense? How do you future you? Show up the way you would if you already had it. Show up in your marriage in a way that you already have the most perfect marriage and try new things from there. Show up in your job like you already have your dream job and try new things from there. Okay. Step number four. Fail. Don't fail. This is arguably one of the most important steps, and it's the one we want to skip the most. We want to skip the fail part. It seems really hard to fail, but it seems really hard to fail because of what we make failure mean, right? Like we talked about before, we make failure mean that we're a failure. We're only a failure if we stop trying. If we're committed to something, we go out, we try new things, and we fail, and then we make that mean feedback, right? What worked? What didn't work? What am I going to do differently next time? Then we can start creating new and amazing and exciting, fabulous things for ourselves. But we have to be willing to fail. And just even think about it from the terms of like being a baby, right? I want you to think about your children or somebody else's children or your grandchildren, and they are crawling around on the floor. And then they decide they're going to start walking and they pull themselves up and they kind of go side to side and then they fall. Lots of times they fall flat on their face and they cry, right? Is that baby like, well, I guess walking's not for me. No, right? No, of course not. But we've come to this point in our life where we think that that's the truth, that if we fail once, it's over. I don't care what you're trying to do. I don't care if you're trying to make more money. I don't care if you're trying to go out there and date and you have done a bunch of dating. And I don't care if you're trying to fix your marriage and it feels like it's a disaster. I don't care if you're just trying to make more money, you know, or create new friendships. Doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Failure is totally required and what you make it mean is totally up to you. Okay. Step number five. Okay, like this is the most important step is to love yourself through it. And actually what I would actually say to you is maybe I should have made this step number one because what I see so many women do is try to beat themselves through it. Like somehow being accountable is required and that that accountability needs to come from the standpoint of beating the crap out of yourself. Lots of times I will say to my clients, you know, are you picking up your beating stick? Because we all have one and we use it a lot. And honestly, we don't use it on other people. We use it on ourselves. And when we do that, it makes it impossible for us to go out there and try new things. It makes it impossible for us to go out there and put ourselves in a position where we might fail. So of course, the self-doubt shows up, right? Then we doubt ourselves more and more and more and more. And just think about that earlier analogy of the Gremlins movie, right? It's all just multiplying and turning into awful monsters that are destroying everything for you. Loving yourself through it will change the entire story that you will tell about yourself. And that will allow you to change everything. Okay. What you need to do is you need to stop beating the crap out of yourself. Okay? Just stop. And what I will tell you is that the system that I teach my clients, it eliminates self-doubt. It takes it away. It just really puts up this sign like, nope, not doing self-doubt today. It's just a stop sign. It's what we're kind of installing in you. Okay? So eliminating self-doubt, what I want to tell you is that it's very simple. It's a simple process, right? I've given you five steps. I promise you, that is what I teach my clients. That is what I used on myself. It's simple, but it's not, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's easy. You are not going to cure it by reading self-help books. You are not going to cure it by listening to positive mantras. You have to do the work. The work is what's going to cure the self-doubt for you. Thanks so much for listening. You can look forward to a new episode of this podcast every two weeks. And hey, if you have a second and you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This is how you can help this podcast grow. And remember, if you want to fast track your self-love skills, be sure to head over to the show notes to register for my free three-day masterclass. Or if you're really ready for change, Book a free 60-minute consult with me to get unstuck for good.